Right, so welcome to episode six of the Fred and Arthur podcast. Today, actually, we have uh, our first ever guest on the podcast. We've got Jack, also known as Redditor. So do you want to introduce yourself? Wow, where, where do I begin with an introduction? I don't <laughs> even know. Uh, yeah, my name's Jack, Redditor. I'm a YouTuber as well. Um, got a little channel where I narrate stories, like go on the internet, try and find funny memes, make them semi-entertaining and some people watch. Nice. That's it. Got, yeah. a good, got a good half a million subscribers for a, well, you know, you know it, it says a little bit. It did well, it did well. It's, yeah. it's chilled, chilled out now, but you know, yeah, it's good fun. Does yeah. this mean that you're insanely funny? <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> no, if it doesn't, unfortunately. I wish oh. I was, I wish I was. No, it means I have to steal content to be funny. Oh, that's, yeah. that's Me works, too, you know? that's the steal. premise of Arthur TV. Exactly, so. there you go. Steal jokes, that's yeah, it. You're in good company. 100%. So actually, so funny enough, I haven't actually told either Fred or Jack what today's podcast episode is going to be about, because I feel like the last few have been quite We've told a lot of stories, told a lot of facts. There's quite a lot of that, but I think I wanted this one to be quite conversational, you know, for like us to kind of discuss how, like, you know, things we believe or give our own sort of like on the spot opinions on some of the, the more interesting stuff. So today the episode is gonna be on deja vu, jamais vu and the Mandela effect. Now don't wow. worry if you don't know what any of these are because we'll explain them all. But I'm, I was I'm actually thinking, now. do you, yeah. You must know, Terrified. I won't get into it too much, but you must know a fair amount of the, have you ever come across the Mandela Effect subreddit? Oh, you know what? I think I probably have in a roundabout way, yeah. Not, okay, I, you I haven't think done I've a video on it. No, I've never done a video on it. Okay, but I've seen like Mandela good. Effect stories and, and okay, stuff. Okay, good, because yeah. we've got a lot of the, probably most common Mandela Effect. Sure. And if you haven't done videos on it, you might not have come across them. No, good, good. And I want to figure out what you guys think. So later on, we'll get onto the Mandela Effect. But to begin with, we're going to start with Deja Vu. And although it sounds like, quite a simple topic. There are so many theories about what causes it and it can get really, really interesting. So just to, just to sort of like set the, the definition. Um, so deja vu is the feeling that you have already experienced something that is actually happening for the first time. It comes from the French meaning already seen. So have you guys ever experienced deja vu before? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so to the extent that I know people experience. Um, like nothing like really vivid where I'm shocked and taken back by the, the situation. Really? Yeah, not not genuinely nothing kind of springs to mind, but it's one of those where I feel like you would potentially experience it and then overlook and then not really remember it happened a few weeks or months down the line. That's true, you could probably, but I mean, I, I know there have been circumstances, not that I can perhaps remember, where I've been like, wow, I'd all of a sudden feel really spun out and be like, I swear I've been here before, I've been in the situation, I've experienced it actually happened only two days ago. Really? Which is part of the reason why I was like, oh, this is a good thing to add to this podcast. Wow. Um, and I was just like, I swear I've, I've, I've been in this situation, this exact, I've said this thing, and it just hits you in one moment. And I'm like, wow. So have you had any- I definitely have, but I was just thinking then, I, d I haven't had it for a while. I think it was more of a thing that I experienced when I was younger. So like as a child. Funnily enough, it actually only starts among children or humans in general around eight or nine years yeah, old. Yeah, okay, right. It hits its prime in your teens and 20s. So we should really be in the, the prime of experiencing deja vu. And then for some reason it, it tailors off. So um, so we're in our deja vu prime right now. We should be, yeah. So the fact that Fred doesn't really experience it much is interesting, but maybe like you say, you don't really remember it. Um, so there are a couple of, causes that some people think uh like you know some of the root causes for deja vu that people because one of the annoying things is it's it's one of those things that's really hard 
to evoke in a in a lab you know yeah. you can't get a bunch of people in get them to experience deja vu because how do you give someone this like innate feeling of like i've been here before and experienced this but i can't put my finger on why it's almost impossible because it is it is kind of subjective as well i guess because it's not mm. like it would perfectly mirror the situation or scenario yeah but you would maybe take i don't know yeah certain conversations that you had or experienced you before or certain visual aspects of the environment that you've definitely seen before yeah so i think yeah I, I, it's, it's very difficult to i guess like have any sort of scientific proof proof against right yeah exactly so i mean there are there are two kind of slightly boring um possible causes which is one's implicit memory so some people with good recognition memory um that just gets gets triggered by certain situations so if you get you know you're in a similar situation to one you've been before you can't exactly put your finger on why but your brain's really good with recognition memory and you go like it really strongly brings up past memories but you can't exactly put your finger on what just kind of interesting um cryptomnesia which is where information learned that's forgotten but stored somewhere in the brain um, and so similar occurrences invoke the contained knowledge. So you get the familiarity without exactly being able to identify it. But one of the really interesting ones is what's called dual neurological processing. So basically the brain's sorting of incoming signals is done in the temporal lobe of the brain's left hemisphere. However, signal signals also enter the temporal lobe twice before processing, once from each hemisphere of the brain, normally with a slight delay. So this is where it gets really interesting because there are essentially parts of your brain that process what you're seeing, what you're hearing and what you're experiencing a split second before your conscious mind goes, you know, this is what I'm seeing and you get to think about oh, it. I see. So, you know, for example, if someone, if you turn around and someone swings a bat at your head, your brain isn't going, there's a bat being swing at my head. I need to duck out the way. You kind of do it instinctively. Mm. And so one of the really interesting things I found out that's kind of linked with this, uh, so this isn't particularly a, a much of a discussion topic yet. It's more the other reasons. But um, with blind people, right? So you get some categories of blind people where they've got the damage to the part of their brain that sort of consciously sorts through these images and sort of, you know, says, I'm looking at a face right now. So they're blind. They can't see a thing. But weirdly, you can take those people that have that part that's damaged, but not the other parts that it filters through. And you can essentially walk them through an obstacle course and even though they can't no, see a yeah, thing, true, yeah. they they can navigate an obstacle course. Yeah. And another yeah. odd one is with those same blind people, if you flash faces in front of them, someone smiling, someone looking angry, they feel these emotions, but they have no idea why. Wow. So their eyes are looking at it. The part of their subconscious brain is going, this is a happy face. It makes us feel happy. But they just have no idea why. Because you, you do kind of experience that when you close your eyes as well. You know, when you close your eyes and you can kind of feel your surrounding a little bit or someone coming near near you mm. that that must be a kind of similar feeling to what they get yeah I that's guess. true even yeah. with no sound yeah or, or nothing yeah like even a, a a physical thing you you do get the sense that someone's nearer or further away from you 100%. yeah yeah because people who, i mean i don't know if you ever guys ever get this like the kind of sense so so this is where it kind of i mean that's obviously all in a scientific way and you're almost like breaching the realms of science when you kind of get through the sort of like you know, you can kind of tell someone's looking at you. You look at a crowd and they're staring at you. Have you yeah. ever had anything like yeah, that? Yeah, 100%. Or and like, that's weird because that, that, that can't be a neurological thing. I just don't see how that's possible. No, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm normally doing the one the one that's staring. At me. <laughs> you <a> stare at <laughs> <laughs> Do you get caught staring? Just watching people on the train. So do you find when you're like staring at a pretty girl down the tube, she just snaps her head and looks at you? 
yeah and I hold eye contact yeah. <laughs> never never give it up yeah, you just exactly. gotta hold it or the whole thing of like you know your ears are burning when someone's talking about you in the room oh yeah and you, you can't, can't hear that and you can't yeah. hear it but you can kind of like get the vibe so I've always like, thought that's just like coincidence though yeah even, even even just because you know there's a chance that you're staring at someone and they look around they see you catch your glare mm. but then it can't be because sometimes it just is like you both look up at the same time or you'll you'll know that someone's looking at you just feel it yeah, and then they're they're looking at you even when you're, you like, there's no way you could have known. But the thing and is, you can't you can't live with just constant paranoia of like, oh my god, that person, I can feel it. You almost it's just something that you just live with and accept. Like, there's obviously that coincidental aspect of someone just gazing and looking at you, but I don't suddenly get an urge of paranoia being like, oh, what is that guy? Why is he looking and things like that? I, I feel like it could also have a negative impact on the way you live and you experience things. Yeah, definitely. But it, it is, I, I almost think like you were kind of saying the number of times, if you think about how often you're on the tube and you just look up and look around, I mean, inevitably, inevitably there's yeah. going to be a time when you're both just randomly look up at the same time. But as humans, obviously we identify patterns and stuff. You only remember the times when you look up and you go, what are the chances that we looked up at the same <laughs> exactly. time? That's, that's but you've I'm probably saying, been yeah. on the tube um, so many times in a row looked up looked down looked up looked down and no one's happened that eventually just the odds are the same that one person is looking at you but it is strange so that's what this is where this is where for me it gets particularly interesting um is the other other possible perhaps unscientific or even scientific but unproven uh sources of deja vu and so one of the theories that um people come out with is that is the parallel universe theory. So have you ever, heard, wow. I'm sure you've heard this idea that yeah, there it, are an yeah. infinite number of parallel universes that sort of all exist where it's almost identical, but like slight things have been changed. I mean, what are your thoughts on that in general? I mean, people always say like, I wonder what, what me and another universe is doing right now. Would I have mm. acted differently? That sort of thing. Mm. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a downer answer, but for me, I'm just, I just don't see, I just don't see how that could be possible. You so, can't see. So, like, I just can't. I just can't see. By it. An almost know. parallel. You mean that it's the the same version of me somewhere else, but we're not acting and doing the same things. Well, so you, like effectively, all the threads in the universe, or other parallel universe, aren't on a podcast right now. Is well, that? What but could, no, but, but could there, there be, be an infinite amount of threads on a podcast? Is, yeah. it, is it saying that's what I'm yes. saying? Or so, is it that so that we're all acting and doing the same? Every different trajectory. Yeah. I, I think there are things that because of the, I think it's Schrodinger's equation that sort of maps everything out as a bunch of possibilities. I mean, there's a 0% possibility that you were born and teleported to the sun and exploded. I mean, there's just, there's a 0% po probability of that, but there is a probability that when you were six, you stepped out in front of a car and got hit by it. And in a bunch of different universes, you know, there are all these potential paths and in every universe, there's a, well, there's a, you've split off. So there's Got probably you. a bunch of universes, according to the theory, at least, where we're all here right now and we're all in parallel. But in 10 years, you know, you speak to the girl at the bar or you don't speak to the girl at the bar and it just splits off a bunch of different times. So you could effectively, if you could see all these different parallel universes, you could effectively see the best possible version of yourself if you made all the correct decisions in life. Potentially. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see where you kind of stand in that leaderboard. So if say Ooh. there are an infinite amounts, if you were like say 70% down wow. the leaderboard because you made a fair few, or even just like a couple crucial decisions that went against you, yeah, you could be in a completely different place 10 years down the line, as you said. Yeah. So then the question is, 
if that is the case, where do you think you are on the leaderboard? High. <laughs> Extremely, Extremely high. Extremely high at the top. What? Yeah. Are you happy with where you are at the moment? I just think, um, yeah, I just, I wouldn't want to have the mindset of like, I made awful decisions in my life. Like, I, I almost want to have that positive outlook so then it would reflect on my decisions. I kind that's of... A, that's, see, that's how I look because if you, if you were to say low, yeah, then you then would it maybe even be spiral. low. spiral. Yeah, yeah. So high. So I actually went through, so I, I can't remember if you remember when we were in sick form, but I applied for Ox, to, to go to Oxford Uni to study law and I got an interview and I evidently flopped the interview because I didn't get an offer. And I was thinking at the time, like, I wish I could go back in time and just do that interview a bit better. I wonder if there are parallel universes in which Arthur smashed the interview oh, and mate, is now studying at Oxford. Of loads of yeah. them. Look where is. they are now. They are smashing. They are absolutely <laughs> dominating, mate. But yeah. I, I always think at the same time, there will be, if, if that's true, and that's, you know, a place where I split off in that path, there's also many of those paths where I got into Oxford, but I was on a train that crashed yeah. or I stepped out in front of a road or I choked on a bit of beef steak celebrating my graduation. And so yeah. I try and always think like, although there are plenty of times in my life that I regret things and I'm like, God, I could have done that better, could have studied this better. As long as I'm in a place where I'm happy and healthy now, I'm like, you know, I could have gotten to Oxford. I could have, you know, made more money doing this or I could have bought Bitcoin age, you know, yeah, whatever you back in that? 2011. I was telling you that as well. That's why you're the only millionaire but, you know, here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the fact that I didn't, you know, maybe in those alternative universes, maybe I'm dead or maybe I'm depressed or unhappy. So, you know, uh, as long uh, as you've got your health. Out of interest, going back to that interview, did you know, did you get that feeling straight away? Like before the rejection? What? Like straight after the interview, we were like, that didn't go well. Or is it like you got rejected, then you're like, oh, I wish I could go back, do this differently. I thought it went okay, but I just know that there will have been a, a bunch of kids who had just walked in that like just knew sort of, you know, the philosophy of law so much better than I did and basic elements of contract yeah. law that having studied law now, you know, yeah. I, I now know, I, I look back at those interview questions and I know when they were asking me about, you know, the guy, the cashier, like I bought a Coke off him and he gave me too much money back whether I'm allowed to keep it. It was a question of implied terms and contract law and all that. And it wasn't necessarily about what was right or wrong. Cause that's the other thing as well, just, just came to mind is that in a different parallel universe, you could get someone that also can experience time travel so they can see the future outcome of those decisions. And, and in that sort of place, you're gonna be a massive advantage versus what we always regret is a decision based off what we have available to us at that point in time. Yeah. Whereas if you then look back, I mean, you could look at infinite probably examples of um, of, of decisions that could have gone differently or even just like, say, placing a bet on the correct horse in a, in a race or like on a football match. Like, yeah. yeah, obviously you could be, you could make infinite money. Mm. You could potentially be a lot happier, but it's just not the reality of the existence we live in. Yeah, I know for me, like I, I also applied to Oxford, didn't get in. I can confirm I did not apply for Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know for a fact, well, I mean, I suspect for a fact that the, the other parallel versions of me that had gone to Oxford, if I was the same person at that individual time that didn't get the interview, would not have done as well. I don't think. I don't what, think in I would, life. I, in life. Well, it's at, at this point right now, or, well, especially during the time during my time at uni, I don't think I would have done well at Oxford at all. Like I, I just kind don't of think, think the same, it would have know. suited me at all. Yeah. Like I know from my friends that went there, it's it's hard. Yeah. And I don't think I would have been capable of putting in that effort. And also, I don't think I would have had the free time to do other things, like you know, make videos. 
Yeah, I learn about same. myself I as much. Been, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I could right now be a uh, that alternative universe guy that went to Oxford could be at a law firm in London. I think that's probably quite likely. Do you not think? And just be quite unhappy and just be like, you know, kind of. I mean, I I did end up joining a law firm and I didn't like it. Yeah. But perhaps if I studied at Oxford, I wouldn't have started YouTube and had an alternative way mm. out. Um, you and might that's also felt more obliged to continue given exactly. that you've got the, the best degree you um, can possibly Imagine got. as well, yeah. right? Imagine those people that did get accepted or um, got into Oxford, but it was maybe the wrong decision. And then they dropped out. So it was like mm. either the, the alternative is actually drastically different because say they went to a different university and they got a degree. That decision is actually the difference between graduating and not at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. They could have just like been accepted. Maybe it was they were on the fringe but like hated it, didn't get on well, probably at the lower end of the spectrum in terms of in intelligence there. That would have and, been us. And then, oh, mate, that, I, would and be, then, then I would be here. But that's <laughs> no what I mean, doubt. then dropped out and yeah. then didn't even graduate or get a degree. And so yeah. wouldn't be even get the opportunity to, to get a, um, wouldn't yeah. even get an opportunity to, to get a law, like um, a job. scheme. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or you have to restart or just do something else. I yeah. Mean, yeah. yeah. So, so 100%. we could sit there and be like, I wish I got in, but maybe in plenty of those universes, we did get in. Yeah. We dropped out and we were lost. And I did think and that now for a while. Like, afterwards, I was like, I was pretty gutted that I didn't even yeah, get an interview. Too. I was like, oh, I mean, I didn't do very well on the aptitude test. That's pretty obvious. But I was I was a bit gutted because, mm. you know, you put a lot of work into it, at least or at least I thought I had that anyway, not compared to other people. Yeah. But mm. um, yeah, like looking back in retrospect now, there's no way I would have been as happy had I gone I just don't I just don't see it as that likely but then there's there's different decisions in life so we're obviously pinning on this one example there are different decisions mm. where had you gone down that route you may have been a lot happier yeah exactly yeah, that's true. what I'm saying that's what I'm and saying but you don't yeah that's that's why it's only hindsight yeah and obviously you have no idea how you would have actually reacted yeah. to that situation who knows I could have been the best history student ever mm. it's unlikely but who knows maybe it's not unlikely yeah true maybe you just, you just can't tell is. yeah so th that is why I think it comes back to what I was saying at the start when I could just go like if I'm happy and healthy now I genuinely yeah. just don't mind too much like what's the point in even considering it and so the reason that links into deja vu to go back to the original topic is that some people think that with these parallel universes existing where we're all kind of living the same experiences potentially an infinite number of times or just a lot a lot of times over is that it's almost like a link between those so you're kind of going like you know, say for example, in a in a parallel universe, the only difference is that on your way up the stairs, well, there wasn't stairs, it was an elevator for the sake of argument. <laughs> there could have been stairs. You tripped on your way here. Yeah. And so you were delayed by a second because you tripped, got back up, continued the walk. The conversation has been going here. But you in that parallel universe, I know that it would be the other way around. So if you tripped, you'd be a second behind. And so that parallel universe you is going this is weird. I, I swear we've just said this. Ah, and I've I just experienced this. And it's the disconnect between being that lagging behind and there's sort of a, wow. a connection. So for that on. to be a thing, you, you'd have to be linked to yourself in a parallel universe. Is that what you're yeah, kind of saying? Yeah, so that's what these people think. I mean, so that's yeah. sort of some it. level of consciousness then. Is that you'd what you're saying? Perhaps, yeah. yeah I guess you'd have to. And that's where it goes even further off because I think, I think the idea of parallel universes is quite strongly believed in the, in the field of physics. Um, whereas I, I think if you asked a lot of the physicists that believe in the parallel universe theory or the multiverse theory, whether they believe that there's any consciousness sort of being transmitted between them, they'd probably say no. Mm. So it's a bit more of a perhaps outside the realms of science. But I mean, the whole like the idea of parallel universes is really, I mean, that it's one of the big talking points on it is a kind of like, what's even the point in studying it and talking about it if 
if, if we're never going to be able to prove it or disprove it, you know. But who knows? Maybe maybe point. at some point it'll become disprovable or provable. You know, yeah. Like in the past, lots of things weren't. You know, but now with the advances in science, you can prove things that you could never prove. True. Even a hundred years ago, so you know, yeah. maybe it's worth worth looking into a little bit. Yeah, true. Also, another scary thought as well is thinking how many of yourselves in the parallel universe um, have like experienced death or, or died. How many? Yeah. yeah how many percentage? You, like, how, yeah, so yeah. How dead like, am I? Well, it depends so, so if there's an infinite number, because technically if there's a oh, an infinite number of how universes, true, yeah. even if you haven't died I'm in all of them, I'm infinitely dead. you've died no, well, in an infinite number of them. Yeah. Exactly. It's I'm just in, a smaller number of infinity. No, it's, it's, it's smaller of infinity. Yeah, so it's yeah. still infinity. But that kind of, that's almost like a bit of a, well, so... So you so, never so, die then. So, so this links into, this, so this is kind of, it's, it's intrinsically linked yeah. in terms of Schrodinger's cat. So have you heard of Schrodinger's cat? I have, but I couldn't say what it is. Have you heard of Schrodinger's cat? Never heard of it. So... It was it was uh, a physicist. I'm pretty sure he was a physicist, but it was Schrodinger. He was studying, I think, quantum physics and basically came across this idea that particles can exist in two states at once. So I think it would be, for example, like an electron can act as both a particle and a wave. But essentially, the, the idea of it is that um, until you look at that electron or photon or whatever it is, you can think of it as being both a particle and a wave. Whereas when you measure it, it's either one or one or two. So it's really weird. I'm, I'm trying to think whether I should bother going into explaining this because I don't understand cat. it deep, deep enough myself. But the cat is a bit more simple. So the idea is that you get an atom or a particle, a nuclear particle, right, that's going to decay. And you can't tell when it's going to decay. It's just going to de decay at some point. And so you put that in a box and next to it, you put this machine that basically detects when it decays. And when the particle decays it releases a poison gas into the box and inside the box you also put a cat so whenever that that particle decays poison gas is sort of sprayed on the cat and the cat dies and you put it in a box and because of this weird idea of a superposition where you know particles can exist in multiple states at once you can say that 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 particle has both decayed and not decayed until you measure it being decayed because it's in a superposition and so when you close the box until you check on it, because the particle can be considered both decayed and not decayed, the cat can be considered both dead and not dead at the same time. I see, yeah. And so the whole point of it is that it kind of, it was, it was, it was an experiment, a thought experiment to, to kind of suggest how insane quantum physics actually is. Just saying like, how can a cat possibly be both dead and alive at the same time? This is where certain physicists believe the universe splits so because you can consider the cat both alive and dead because of this superposition, it's in this kind of like quantum entangled, you know, you've got this superposition. The cat <laughs> is this, sorry, this is, this is, oh, I'll finish on this point because I no, won't no, get any deeper on, into on, it. But because you can consider this cat both alive and dead, and it is both alive and dead, when you check, you have to experience it being alive and dead. For us, that's impossible. So for them, some physicists believe that the universe splits in two at that point and so you check moment. on it at that okay. moment and you check on it and go oh, well it's dead yeah. that, that was never alive there's a separate universe where you've opened the cat open the box and the cat is alive and so the kind of idea is that these separate universes are being kind of created the universe is splitting into these kind of every time there's a path it's not as if you've just gone down one it's split into every single probability and each one of those paths goes on as a universe so almost like, you know, 
if, if for example, there was just one when you were born, every single time that there was a quantum superposition and a and an, an entanglement, it splits into these multiple different universes where they will go off. Yeah. So I would. So if it's infinitely <laughs> splitting, mm. does that mean it's the 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 dis the, the time between it infinitely splitting is infinitesimally small? Like, is it just? I think it's is it it's permanently instant. There. instant? Yeah. So not even when there's a, a difference. So they're or parallel. Just always. Because then, like, if I was to move my hand like this compared to that, or something, yeah. oh yeah, just infinite, just, just always going. Yeah, basically yeah. every time there's it's quite a, a few then, eh? Yeah, you know. I mean, this is so it's happened at every single. We kind need of... a physicist on here to like <laughs> to think through the complicated stuff and Let's make get it in. simple. <laughs> but sadly, we haven't got him now. Oh yeah, sorry. That's your part-time job, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, mate. just get me get me in a lab. That's where I'm at home. Yeah. Trust me. But either way, I mean, I'm sure on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and stuff, we'll get much smarter people who understand it way better than I do oh, that can explain it so. much I hope so. much more clearly. Yeah, these guys would have actually gone to Oxford. But it's uh, <laughs> it's it's always an interesting thing, just the idea that you know there might be an infinite number of you out there that have taken all of these different paths and sort of like yeah you know i guess we've already spoken about it whether you live life with any regret yeah things I mean, could have gone differently did, for you what age do you think you were at the point the earliest you kind of thought about this or explored this idea that they could because do you think even as a even when you're a toddler or super young you think the, these thoughts come across your mind without ever looking at the scientific evidence probably not in those terms not in those like terms but i mean say it would, wouldn't it not it, parallel universe but just saying, regret is regret, there another choice universe what, is there what another might have happened yeah. yeah yeah well yeah that in that or the basic terms of regret and and making decisions or you mm. learn as a young age not to touch a hob when it's hot for example and you learn those like basic facts of life mm. um and then i guess you, you form that regret from quite a young age because you you realize what you can and can't do and what you can do differently. Oh, so more about like going back in time and yeah. being like, I wonder if I could change it. Exactly. Yeah. Rather than rather, there might yeah. be a Paradise universe aspect. where I have yeah. changed it. But, but you have yeah. that initial thought where it's like, okay, I'm not going to touch the hob again. Yeah. But then, of yeah. Is the and then you're like, not I to don't think... do it again. Yeah. And, and then it's like, oh, what? I, I've done it again. I wish I didn't do yeah. that. And you're looking back and you're like, I could have done things differently, mm. even from, from a young age. What about now? Is it, is it something that you think about now about that? that, that I mean, it's a, it's a topic of the podcast, so it must be something that you've thought about a little bit to bring it up. Me, not, not like really, every, no. Yeah, how often would you think day to day, unless you do experience a deja vu situation? And if there's yeah. a big scenario in my life where I'm like, I've messed up so badly there, but I don't think other than really the Oxford interview, I've ever been like, I've made such a drastic error, I'd love to go back in really? time and change but at it. At that time, would you have genuinely thought I... Like if you were offered the opportunity at that moment. Yeah, if you could only have one. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go back. That's what I'm saying once, is like, going like. You could do it once. You had one token in your life. Do you mm. think you would have used it at the Oxford? Because no. if that's the no, only example. No. Not. no, but if that's the only example you can think of right now, that clearly is something like that's at the forefront if I had of your to memory. Use it, but I, I, well, I, I wouldn't want to go back in time in, in case any of the bad parallel. Not now. Know. I'm saying at the time. So say the 18 year old. Oh, if I could have gone back a week. Right at the time. No, someone told you in your life, you've got one token that you can use. You can go back in time. I reckon 18 year old Arthur would have gone, yeah, I'll take it now. And, yeah, then, and, probably. and you wouldn't be able to and redo the interview. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to. And that Ooh. token's gone for the rest of your life. But yeah, true. at that moment, you probably felt yeah, like oh, sheer yeah, desperation I, where you're oh, like, I'm going to just do it. Redo it. Yeah. Whereas it's only now, years later, I'm like, I'm grateful things turn out the way they did. Mm. But I wonder how drastic the, the event would have to be that would happen in your life for you to ever really regret it. Because now you don't regret it, right? Mm, I mean, yeah. maybe you still think I should I should have done better on the interview, but you're not thinking to yourself every day when you wake up. Yeah. Oh, 
damn it, I wish no. I had done better. Because you're fine with it. So, so I wonder I, what would have to happen. You I know? think there's a possible easier answer here in terms of if you've ever cost someone their life. Yeah. For example, I think, I think in a lot of those things, you'd be like, I'm never going to use it. But I think, you know, if a year ago I'd let my best mate dr like drive home drunk and he crashed his car and died, I think you wouldn't be like, oh, what happens if I go back and change that? But other things in my life aren't so good. Or like, you know. That's true. No, you know, I agree, you know I that agree, your, yeah. your mum got on a flight that, you know, ended up getting lost over the sea. You'd be like, I don't really care where my life is now. Like, I'm desperate enough to go back and change yeah. that. And thankfully, I, I mean, I haven't come across, I haven't lost anyone significant in my life so far. Um, but that could be quite a big one, I think, for me. Okay, so what about, say you lose a grandparent. It's quite, quite a morbid mm. uh, question. You, you lose a grandparent um, in a non-natural way. But they were quite old and you mm. have this one token in your life no, no. do you use it no. then they are... I've, lost my, I've lost my grandparents yeah, in same, a natural yeah. way okay in a non-natural way though in, in but they were 60. oh do you use the 60. token oh so you're going they're already quite because old if you, because then you can say if your parents pass at 70 80 then they've had more of a life yeah in a natural way so they're already they've had a they've had a good life and they've died in an unnatural way quite suddenly at 60. Mm. and you have this one token Oh, that's tough. You're basically asking me if I'd save my grandparents. No, I'm not. Or I'm, save I'm, the no, save for later on. I'm asking you if, if, if you think that's, if you might need it down the road for something yeah. that's more tragic than- But that's than, the thing, is, you're basically saying, question, yeah, exactly. You know so you're saying, basically yeah. going like, is your grandparents' life- Worthy. Age 60. Worth the worthy. one token that could substitute for anything yeah, else. Yeah, for though. something else later, yeah. And you don't know what that could be. They might, if you pose this situation to them, they might be like, nah, don't use it. I think they would say don't use I it. I think they would say don't yeah. use it. hundred percent, yeah. I think if I was 60 and I had grandkids. Yeah. I'd 60's like not that old that though. No, it's, yeah, but nowadays. But it's, it's old enough to have lived a life. A decent life. You know? Is it? And had kids and well, grandkids. Well, it's not ideal, but I mean, people die younger than 60 all the time. Well, I mean, if, if, it's, if it's not that long, are you saying it's an exactly, easy answer Exactly, that makes it really difficult. So would you use it? 60 years old potentially yeah yeah wow mm. uh, moving on because we've got we still have a fair amount to cover to be fair not not a crazy amount but um some some still interesting topics that i want to cover another one is uh another possible cause for deja vu is the fact that we live well the suggestion that we live in a simulation so the idea that we are merely a simulation of a world of thoughts of consciousness by a more intelligent species than us, maybe even other humans that have gone down the line that are retracing history, sort of a simulation. And that it's sort of like, the reason we experience deja vu is because it's not real. Yeah. Or perhaps because it was part of a simulation that's already mapped out. What are your thoughts on that? So what there's like, there could, wow. be, there could be a glitch that in the simulation that happens, which is why like things sometimes don't make sense or- Maybe. Yeah, there's some sort of like misconfigured situation that's happened in in the simulation yeah that, that, so it has to make sense that's be a, as in the reason why this glitch happens isn't where well, we're not going to know it but like we know that something has it, it, it's logical to say that something has gone wrong to allow us to have yeah, these thoughts have okay. this weird thought yeah i mean you could oh. argue that that's uh, that why can that not be if you can't prove there's no simulation mm. then why is that not a valid valid argument yeah you know because yeah there are obviously like neurological reasons as you as you said earlier that yeah. deja vu exists but if you can't actually prove it, I mean, do you ever, then why not? Do you ever question reality yourselves? Do you guys ever th sit there and think like, is everything around me actually real? Are all these people that are walking past that me I, in the streets, the are they actually, is every single one of them a person with lives as complex as e each of ours? 
I, I think I yeah I used to think about that all the time when I was younger but less so now but I used to think it, you get that really isolated feeling of not you're like the only human in yeah. a way yeah because you're yeah, the only one like that sees anything ev- like everything this everything else is or everyone else is just planted there and more more simulated almost like a Truman show you seen the Truman Show no. yeah. with Jim Carrey? Oh, great film! Great one, film. one of the one of the few films I've watched. You see, <laughs> I'm not really a film person, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good, a good great one. film. But that's that's you know because everyone everyone is their own main character. So yeah, I love that film. For me, I I literally I never think like that at all. You never think like no, are these people real? No, never, n- never ever has ever crossed my mind. I think I'm too logical. I can't get out. I struggle getting out of that um, kind of reality. Sort of, yeah. this is just how it is. For me, it's more just purpose. And I look at someone and think like, what are they, you know, what's going on in their life? What are they doing? Mm. That sort of thing. Because, you know, everyone is as complex as we think we are. Yeah. But you're never going to know that the inner intricacies of, of anyone really. Mm. Fair. You know? So I for mean, me, it's it purpose more, than, more than are they real? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it is interesting. There was actually a, a real, a recent analysis done sort of calculating in far more complex terms than I, I think we would even understand if we read the, the um, research paper a million times over but they calculated that the chances are about half and half that we live in a simulation. And that's really? like that's like scientists at Oxford University, I think, that have been working on this since 03. But it's that kind of a loose term though, a simulation. So what is it, could it potentially be someone controlling our life so, or is it So just... you know how we kind of spoke about AI the other day? Like, I mean, for us, technology is advancing all the time. It's getting more and more advanced. I mean, you look at G- Grand Theft Auto a couple, like 10 years ago and how it is now like, it's getting so much more complex. The worlds are getting bigger, more realistic looking. Essentially, the idea is that if we keep improving technology and AI, we will eventually be able to create um, a reality inside a computer that is in- indistinguishable from our own. Uh, that's you know? I think that's guaranteed. Yeah. I really do. I don't know if you've tried like a very good VR experience. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's, re- it's you, you, you do forget you're in the VR it's at some inc- points, don't you? very quickly i yeah. found when you have the audio and you have like the ca- and you can move around yeah it's like so few steps away from i think mm. yeah we safe. are close it's super close yeah. and I, i've it's very dangerous as well i think for people like growing up now definitely you'll oh, yeah. be able to access that and you go home from school and you put your headset on maybe you don't even have a headset anymore i mean who knows i think that's probably the next step it's not wearable just like tech just, or yeah or even mm. just like a chip or something true that, yeah i don't yeah, know maybe yeah. down the line but some it's, it's, there'll be a stage in not too distant future where you won't have to wear anything, I don't think. Because Elon's talking about that Neuralink implant, exactly. isn't he? The chip that, implant. Yeah, yeah the chip in, sort in of the like, brain. Oh, and you can just pick a song and listen to yeah. it and you just, you're hearing but the song and you're not... He, he's a massive advocate of it though, isn't he? It's like, he thinks life will be so much better. He thinks we live in a simulation. Oh, really? He, he thinks Even we live now. in a simulation now. Wow. He thinks he's, he's convinced that we live in a simulation. Um, but I mean, yeah, like if, if you just think... I think that's quite a scary one, almost what you're saying with the, the VR headsets, the kind of like, if you think about how many people live lives that are just like, I mean, still, I mean, we're very privileged in sort of like, we were talking about this as well once, like being in the Western world, being able-bodied. Like if I, I think if I got in an accident and I lost all like yeah. control underneath my neck yeah, and then someone was like, you can put a chip in your head and walk around all day, every day and play football again and run. And like, I'd be like, why would I ever want to live in a reality where I can, when, when the possibility of living in this virtual reality, but it's indistinguishable. It's true. And also like if I was able to play football in VR, I might actually have a left foot. So that's <laughs> got to be, exactly. You might be Leo Messi. You know, 
I've, you might I, be playing I could the, be. You, might be in you could play for, right Ch- for Chelsea I, fan, aren't you? Yeah, you could play for Chelsea. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you, genuinely, you could a... actually walk out and you'd feel like in Saber Bridge. Yeah. You'd hear the noise. It'd be the what same. What difference would you... Yeah. There'd be no difference. That's the, I guess that's that's the point, right? So do you think as well, then, the longer you stay in that virtual reality, the more real it feels? 100%, yeah. The, the thing for me when I experienced it was the fact that it genuinely did feel like it was substituting my senses for... That's crazy. ...non-real stuff. It was... Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen those videos of people being in VR for 24 hours or stuff like that? No. Nah. And they do end up saying that they just... They're like, it's they're really scary. Yeah, take me back there. That will that will become a thing. Yeah, where you where your your virtual reality will be more. You value that more, and that is terrifying because yeah. if you get to the stage where your actual reality is worse than your virtual reality, then is there any point to even being in the real world anymore? But then you still need to like you need basic functions like eating. Yeah, absolutely. Drinking. But what so if eight forty eight hours you could literally die? I think that someone will die in VR. Through, yeah, yeah. Through you just stay on it too long. You forget to check out. Or not drinking. Because you get that like I don't heavy, know. heavy gaming. Se- I'm not a huge gamer, but you get heavy gaming sessions where people don't eat for yeah. hours. There and are just, people that just die gaming. Oh, exactly. Aren't exactly. Oh, really? And they've yeah. forgotten to eat or yeah. drink. And they just died, or they've chopped through eight monsters in their 36-hour oh. gaming session and just had a heart attack. I mean, just yesterday, yeah. I was watching. I was watching a, bit, a compilation of people passing out when they complete. Um, what are they called? You know, time challenges where you have speed runs. Speed runs, yeah, yeah. yeah but they, they get so elated when and they pass out, really, because they're so invested and they yeah, do yeah. it for so long. Yeah, Extra- exaggerate that into um, being actually virtually in the game. No, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there was a point actually brought up by the low IQ pod recently. I saw a clip of theirs, and it's sort of like a. It's something I used to think all the time was. How do we know that what we're seeing is reality? Mm, I think about like that. what happens if you're actually. Yeah in a place where your mental function isn't functioning properly and you're sitting here and we're like, I'm on this podcast. Oh, that's awful. See, that, that, and you're that actually, I can get yeah, that's You're awful. actually yeah. on, in an alleyway on a street just but, going... But then why does it, why does it matter? speaking to yourself. That's the other well, thing. That's no. like living in a virtual reality where it doesn't matter. Because that's a very reassuring point. Yeah, what you're experiencing right now and what you think you're seeing is good fun. Is like sitting on a podcast with the boys, having a good time. True. Why and, does it matter? And yeah, why does it matter? I'd love to. I'd love to know, like, if I'm not here, where am I? You know, or like, yeah. what am I actually experiencing? Just that's, on the floor. That's something I can definitely get behind because that, that there is no way of knowing. Yeah, yeah. It's the. It kind of I mean, goes back to, things, but, you know. to Descartes' first principle of philosophy: the cogito ergo sum, the sort of like, I think, therefore I am. It's the only thing you can know is that you exist because you're thinking. It's the only thing you can know, and then it, it also goes back to, sort of like. You know, that's like really ingrained in philosophy in general, isn't it? Like Plato's allegory of the cave, um, the butterfly, I can't remember who the Eastern philosopher was, that's the sort of butterfly dream. And so he dreamt he was a butterfly and fully believed he was a butterfly, was enjoying life, woke up as himself. I think I have his name written down, actually. Um, Zhuang Zhu. Uh, and he woke up and was like, oh, I'm Zhuang Zhu. And he's like, but when you're dreaming, you don't know you're dreaming. It kind of goes back to, we, we had the dis- discussion of dreaming and lucid dreaming. But when you're dreaming, you just believe it. You never question it. Sort of everything makes sense. Like he's like, how do I know that I'm not the butterfly that's fallen asleep and I'm dreaming that I'm yeah. I'm the human? And it's like, there is no way of testing anything because you, you, can't, you can't even believe your own senses as a human. Like, you know, you can... And it, it kind of relates back to the dreaming thing because we were talking about like when you're younger, you you know, you have a wee in your dreams and then you wake up and you've done it in real life. I always worried that when I was, this is so embarrassing, but when I was like, 
Should I even say this? Yeah. When I was like touching myself. What? Whoa. Whoa, this escalated. When I was a teenager and I was like really young, like 12, 13, I was like, what happens if I'm just a mentally right. not with it person doing that in the streets? Oh yeah, Or true. at the dinner really table. Think, oh, f- mate, that wouldn't And it used to mind. scare the hell out of me. I can say it, but thankfully I never experienced that. But yeah, now, well, now that you've said it, you said it, it might start happening to next me. You yeah, you'll be sitting there and thinking, oh, I'm in my bedroom and the door's locked. But yeah. actually you're just someone who's not fully functional that's but standing not, there not literally. For me, that. Not for me. And maybe that's what the guy that, you know, is doing that down the alleyway that seems away with the fairies, just thinks he's somewhere he should in be. In his or, bed or something. Yeah, wow. you, you know, and it makes you almost judge them less and just go like, there's actually a really interesting um, film with, um, who plays Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs? Oh, I don't know. Great, he's a British yeah. Welsh actor. With the... Uh, I don't usually do this, but I thought I'd pause the podcast here for a second because this is a really interesting example of something I had in my notes, but we didn't get around to discussing, which is the phenomenon known as presque vu. This is the feeling you experience when you're struggling to remember something, but with the sense that recall is imminent, for example, when the word you're looking for is on the tip of your tongue. When you're trying to think of a word, your brain is often blocking out similar words and accidentally also blocking out the word you're looking for. Interestingly, this is why it's often a shared experience because giving an example of a blocking word to others so that they can help you try and recall the word you're looking for will cause them to block out the correct word too. However, when the topic changes, that's often when your brain stops blocking words and you can find yourself recalling what you were looking for. This perhaps explains why here, when I was unable to recall the name of the actor, Jack wasn't able to either. It wasn't until after the podcast finished that we both remembered his name was Anthony Hopkins and the movie I'm about to reference is called The Father. Oh, anyway, he's he's in a film about being a um an old man going through dementia. With the with the in the in his house. In his house. And he'll sort of come in and there'll be a stranger there and you'll be like, Whoa, that's really freaky. Who's this stranger? And it's actually his son and he just doesn't recognize him. And because we've never seen him, you see it through the eyes of him. Yeah. And it really makes you appreciate it more. And I think that, a lot of this does make me appreciate people who potentially, you know, paranoia, like people who are paranoid, like, you know, cl- like clinically kind of makes you appreciate them because they, you know, they don't know reality. You, you discussing this is like a, a ticket to paranoia. Like you even implanting these thoughts. Yeah, but I was I mean, fine makes, for this part. Yeah, it makes you more <laughs> paranoid. Big trouble. Because there's an well, from what you're saying, everyone could have a different existence or see different, uh, see their life different visually. Yeah. So it's not even like, I guess you've got some comfort in that. It's not like everyone sees it the same and it's just you mm. who sees like we're on this podcast, but you're actually on the street or whatever. Mm. Um, whereas if everyone has a different visual ex- existence, mm. then there's some comfort in that because we're all kind of going through that same situation. Yeah. It is interesting. And so, yeah, so, so that's kind of, I guess, to sum up the simulation, just kind of like, you know, maybe we live in a simulation and this idea of deja vu, this like I've experienced it before, is just because whatever computer simulation we're in, it knows what's coming next because it's calculating it ahead of time to render it. And maybe that's just because we're simulated consciousness. The thing for me is, the thing for me is like, I, n- I didn't I really used to ever think about these things in that sort of way. But when when people that are far more intelligent than me and scientists and you know, say what you want about, or feel what you want about Elon Musk, but he's definitely more intelligent than me, mm. are thinking these things. You can't just, um, 
you know, say it it is. Like you can't, you have yeah. to, you have to accept that it, there's a reason why people believe this or think that these things could be a reality. Yeah. So, yeah. When you've got the leading physicist yeah, saying it, it's exactly. not just someone Who going like. Who am I to like, say it's not a thing? You yeah. Know? I can't just discount I that. mean, not to like disrespect it. Obviously there'll be plenty of people that believe it, but there's a, like, um, there are some ideas that hallucinogenics take you yeah. to a new plane of existence. And I would say that's less of a, that's one that people perhaps reject more because, you know, it's perhaps less of like a, a material science that you mm. can study. And I, but I guess it's, it's, you know, just as provable or disprovable as multi as the multiverse theory. But I think it does give slightly more credence to the theory itself when you go like, wow, the literal leading exactly. minds and physicists are going, we genuinely believe with strong possibility that we live in a simulation, that there are multiple universes out there that are parallel or deviate slightly it it is strange because mm. literally my my whole thing was that this just can't be a thing it's just ridiculous that's i guess that's how my brain works but yeah over the years like, you can't just ignore what people that mm. are, are studying just, this in their life you kind of just saying. dabble into it i think yeah. you could just massively stress yourself out <laughs> i don't mean i'm not yeah if exactly you read every single lead physicist and, and their kind of theory on parallel universe or how we exist but Oh yeah, it could drive you mad. It could drive you insane. It's true. Yeah. It's like to what to what level do you think it's worth actually exploring it yourself and understanding it? Because is, well, it, is it definitely a positive bliss, thing? Yeah, it, well, yeah exactly. I don't know. Yeah, are you wasting time? But I mean, there's certainly. I mean, you know, it they depends say because if it's like we're going to be approaching a time where we're going to live in the metaverse mm. and you know that whole experience of extended virtual reality and it becomes almost feels like a reality, then if that's going to come soon, then that's something that you have to educate yourself on. Uh, yeah, because we, we may be making the decision someday, exactly. certainly or, to be like, you no, know, yeah, people might be living in that that um, that universe rather than the actual reality. So that's where you have to kind of research and consider it. Whereas if it's just yeah. like there's operating parallel universe of of us all like existing in different universes, then you can sort of carry on your life as you are without mm. yeah. and being oblivious to it and doesn't change anything. That's exactly how I completely agree. Because yeah. when, when it becomes like you know very necessary for you to know that in your own life mm. and it, you can actually see the effects that it might have knowing this information or researching it mm. or even if it could there's like potential financial gain then it's like worth yeah. it if, you, yeah. if people are like buying selling real estate in the metaverse or oh well that's like, that's gonna but it already yeah. is huge yeah, yeah. Then, then there's then you've got you've got an incentive to look into yes it. yeah right so i think we should move on to because we've still got a couple of topics to cover um the the third i guess big one that people believe that's perhaps not one that we can ever prove scientifically perhaps is the idea of reincarnation so a lot of people think that deja vu comes from past experiences past lives where you've experienced something you know th there's all kinds of different reincarnation there's the idea that you know perhaps you were born as a frog and then born as a human and then you're going to be reborn as something else some people some people believe that we live almost like a deja vu life where you're born you live until you die and you just repeat that forever. Mm. You're just born in so deja what, and vu. You just forget and then you And you forget repeat. and you're literally the moment you die, you come out of your mother's womb or whatever it is. And um, so th for them, the deja vu is the just lingering, you know, it's like you haven't deleted all the files. There's a lingering memory there of a previous life that you've either lived in the exact same one or a previous similar one. Have you guys ever thought about like reincarnation or? I've definitely thought about it because it is, it's a common thought isn't it mm. but i've never really i don't know i've never really took it too seriously right i never thought that i'd reincarnate to like an, an animal for instance how about you yeah i can't i can't lie I've ne it's never really crossed my mind never crossed it, your it? mind 
I don't think I just I don't think I'm that sort of thinker when it's just me on my own thinking what do I actually really believe here? Yeah. I've never reincarnation is the one that I've never really given much much time so of day. So what what do you what's, what do you think about when you think oh, about I'm, that? I'm very morbid in the fact yeah. that I, I think you just die. Mm. And that's yeah, it's the same too. as before you were born. Mm. You just, yeah. it's, 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 you're done. Infinite nothingness that you quite don't experience. Yeah, which is very of. sad, um, but kind of takes solace in the fact that, you know, you have your life and that's it. But again, with like what we were speaking previously, the fact that it's such a commonly held belief, maybe even, well, maybe not billions, but, you know, millions of people believe in reincarnation. It's mm. maybe from billions, right? Maybe billions, yeah, yeah. Maybe billions, I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a feature of, many religions many, so yeah. you know yeah maybe billions again who am i to say that it's not a it's not a thing yeah i and mean because there's no way of ever disproving it or proving it i mean right now then yeah, yeah you can't who rule knows? it out even like as a someone who goes oh, i'm i'm particularly of a scientific persuasion where i only really believe yeah. things if there's evidence or it's a logical conclusion to draw the logical conclusion to draw to some extent is that you can't disprove it so you don't know exactly, for sure exactly so you could come back there exactly. was a really interesting um I think it was a post on Reddit a long time ago. I remember talking about it in year five, I think, on, uh, can't remember to one of my friends, just like, we were kind of like, just trying to figure out what happens after you die. Sort of when you're around that age, you, you really are quite scared of death when you sort of first understand it and you're like, oh. And there was this, I think it might've been a poem or something, but it was beautifully written. And it was an idea that basically when you die, you're, put back on earth as just another human. And the general idea was that you are the only entity that exists and you just are born and relive through everyone. So when I die, you know, I might be reborn as a eighth century Chinese peasant and then I may die and then be reborn as a, you know, Victorian housewife. And you actually, every single person on earth is an individual soul or entity themselves it's just you being reborn and experiencing it. And I think one of the really nice takeaways with that was it's always made me think because it's a possibility to almost like try and treat everyone as well as possible mm, because I would yeah, never want to I inflict agree. suffering yeah. on an animal or a human. Yeah. Not that I've got a natural tendency to and this is the only thing <laughs> stopping me, but it's a really nice thing. You know, if I, even now, if I think if I trap a, a fly or a wasp in my apartment, I'll get it in a cup and let it go rather than like squishing it. And it I just kind of think like if on the off chance one day I'm I'm reborn as that homeless person or that fly, I don't want to be killed and smushed and suffer a horrible death. I don't want to be a rat that's trapped in a gruesome rat trap. You know, I want to be in one of those traps where you run into a box and you're set free or, you know, I want a, an extra hot meal. <laughs> it's a funny take. It's, a funny it's take. an interesting but take. So, so what do you think about, um, you know, for example, mice and rats and stuff that are used in labs or mm. animals that, not animals, you know. Or even zoos, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if you were like yeah. wanting to run free and you were trapped in a cage. I think animals is the easy one to, to use here. Like yeah. animals that are treated poorly. Yeah, say, say not in optimal conditions. Because not, zoos yeah, exactly. is, I find zoos always a hard one because we obviously we grew up in Jersey and there's only one zoo and it's a wildlife trust. Oh, so lovely. they're all there for like... The animals are all treated yeah, really well. Yeah. They're all there because they're endangered and it's sort of like helping. It's like a conservation trust. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe experiments. It, it becomes such a, it's become such a difficult moral question, doesn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's a big it's a big reason I got into philosophy recently because I'm not a religious person to like figure out where my you know because I believe obviously in subjective morality. It's not an objective. There's no like 
God has set out these rules for me and this is what's moral and it's yeah. what's not. I have to figure it out for myself and be, I kind of like the fact that it kind of goes back to pre-religion, you know, obviously like I grew up Christian and thinking like, you know, you've got the, even pre-Socratic philosophers from thousands of years ago that were thinking like, you know, we didn't necessarily need those religions to come in and say, you know, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates were asking the questions like, how do you live a good life? What does it mean to live a good life? All those kind of things. And like, what does it mean to be a good person? For me, I think I've eventually settled with the morality of like reducing suffering, like universal suffering as low as possible. But that becomes very, very difficult when killing and making a thousand mice suffer to test a drug that will save a million people from cancer. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. so yeah. difficult. It's tough one though, isn't it? Because that's, I think one of, the, one of the great benefits of religion is that it gives you those morals straight away. And they are generally, you could argue, relatively good. Yeah, but, but even then they can only, I mean, I'm, I'm sure religious people will get involved in this debate as well, because there's, it. religion almost reminds me of law when I was studying law in terms of like, the government can only give you a certain legal framework. They can't set out every single time when something yeah. is murder. You know, they've got to say, this is the rough definition of murder. Courts should apply this as well as possible and develop it with it's each case. It's kind of like what you said right at the beginning in your interview at Oxford about the the morality. You went down the, mor the moral route mm. of, of if you get too much money back, yeah. should you give it back? Yeah. There's no law for that. No. Well, sorry, you've literally said there is a law. There's but, a law, but you've but got to apply it in to those different sort of situations, circumstances. Yeah. So for Christians, some might read an, an extract from the Bible. There's no part in the Bible that says killing a thousand mice to save a million humans is wrong. They have to go from all of the lessons they learned in the Bible and apply them themselves. So there's a certain element of subjective teaching in there. Obviously you've got imams in, in Islam and you've got scholars and stuff that can kind of provide interpretations and stuff, but even they disagree among themselves. So I think each individual human has to decide for themselves whether their moral framework is on philosophy that they've got from themselves or it's innate to them or they've got it from religious teachings, whatever it might be, everyone's kind of got to answer a lot of these questions themselves built on their own sort of moral framework that they've built. So, I because mean- Another thing as well is scale is a factor. So on the, the, the magnitude of the problem will then also impact the framework of the rules because mm. if you say you have tight regulation or tight framework, a legal framework, you can say, for instance, apply that rule to say the example that you're both saying about having having too much money, and there may be some sort of leeway on that. But if you multiply that by 100x, and then suddenly you're taking 100k mm. instead of 10 pence from the mm. store, mm. then you can't almost that there is a certain leeway and there's different rules applied dependent on the magnitude of the situation. Yeah. So that's when there's a somewhat of a subjective viewpoint depending on the scenario yeah and every every case in almost everything in life is going to be different you know you're not going to have exactly the the good samaritan story every single time you know you're going to get some bad people who need help and it's like you know at what point are evil people evil for good at what point do people need our help i mean yeah it, it's all very complicated isn't it's it? tough when you when you're trying to um govern a, a a country or a state with, with well, physical laws. There's so much conflict. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so difficult. And also you can't then just start to put your morals onto civilians, really. Like your moral ideology is just, it's just not going to work as, as well as simple laws. Like, you know, you can't kill somebody. Mm. So yeah, but, but ultimately then, you've got to leave it up to society a little bit. I, I mean, mean, you can have- but, but then there's conflicting laws, isn't there? Depending on the country. Like look at Qatar at the moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then there's that argument where it's like, which rules do you follow? 
yeah. the, the place and, you're and in. Even, even with things like, for example, you, you think murder would be the easiest one, like tell the courts, if someone kills someone, they go to jail, easiest thing ever. But if I, if I shove you and you stumble back a bit too far and then a lorry hits you out of nowhere, you know, have I killed you then? Or if I, if I slap you in the face and you're, you get a cut and it gets infected and gangrenous and you die from a brain infection, you know, have I killed you then? Should I go to jail for 25 years? I mean, this is obviously what we study in law. It's kind of like applying the legal definitions, but even in the most simple cases where you think, don't, you know, don't kill someone or, you know, you, you get into a street fight or whatever, someone starts on you, you hit them in the jaw and they've got glass jaw, whatever it's called, glass jaw syndrome, and they fall and they scraps, crack their skull and die, you know, have you killed them? I mean, you know, that's obviously a big debate going on now. And there's no way of providing an absolute framework where every case and every scenario is answered. So does it always come down to being subjective, really? That's why things go to court. Yeah. Court cases are so yeah. drawn out. But because that, that's why, as a lawyer, you have to be so intelligent as well. Because mm. it's not just literally like, read this textbook, apply it to every scenario. Yeah, it's not like, oh, this is murder, you go exactly. in. Exactly, And th so that's, why, that's why it's almost, the legal system is almost frowned upon because it's almost like the Too smarter the lawyer book. you've got or the better, you, the better lawyer you've got, you know, you can have two yeah. lawyers come in and he gets found guilty or you can get a hundred lawyers. There's like a famous example that we were taught that was like um, a guy was caught speeding by a police officer, very, very rich guy speeding, going 80 in a 30 zone. And you go like, and, and they, they pose themselves like, how would you get him out of that? And you go, well, the speed gun caught him. Like, you know, what could you possibly say? And a really, really smart lawyer, because he's very rich, came in and went, Okay, you know, the, the speed gun, um, has it got a warranty? Has it been checked? You know, it's, it's supposed to go through routine checks every week. Was it checked the, the week before? And it wasn't, and it wasn't checked two weeks before. And so he said, so you can't reliably say that it was reliable at the time because it wasn't checked as it was supposed to be. And he got, he got off because the speedometer and it's, <laughs> It's the sort of thing where point, a, like, a cheap lawyer probably wouldn't yeah. have thought of oh, that. Oh no, you don't even you don't even have a lawyer. And, you're just and, like, well, and, you have a lawyer, yeah. but you know, it's just like that. And like, so the subjectivity in it. the law means yeah. that whoever's got the better argument or who, who can manipulate the law in their favour the best and convince the judge that they're right. But will that, will that always be the case? You think in terms of law, because you know what uh, what thing could happen that you couldn't get out of? Like, is there an absolute thing that you know I shoot you in the head? Mm. With the best lawyers in the world, can I get out of that? But that, but that's what, what well, I'm I mean, saying. It depends. Probably, who's, right? Who saw it? Going who back to your it? point, with with no context, yeah, or with all the context, there's probably a way to get out of anything. Almost, I reckon if live on TV in front of the nation, it was being recorded, you could you just, say that it was just it was manipulated or something or something? Maybe, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably anything you could you could use in any circumstance to get out of something if you had unbelievable lawyers yeah true i don't know yeah but then um but th there's that, that whole moral compass though as well isn't there that's applied to the situation because this might be the most expensive best lawyer mm. but that person might still have been speeding yeah he's just got out he of will it. have been yeah so oh, he definitely was yeah so, that, so, so therefore like i don't know that there's also he the lawyer's obviously got an objective but it might not necessarily be the best decision morally in terms of that car was speeding at risk, could have killed someone. Mm. Maybe charges should have been applied. Yeah, I mean, there's evidently, I mean, you know, the law fails us morally all the time. I mean, it's supposed to just, the law is supposed to be there as the moral kind of, you know, like we as a society agree that you shouldn't be able to kill someone, but everyone will disagree. I mean, there's a, there'll be a massive disagreement on, you know, if my mum is suffering terribly from an illness, should I be able to take her to the doctors and her have an injection that 
you know, ends her life because she doesn't want to suffer anymore. Is that murder? Some people think yes. Some people say no. That's why you have to go to Switzerland to get it done. And it's like, you know, as you can keep narrowing it down until eventually you get to a point where everyone disagrees. It's one of the funny things in politics, I think in general, is that like everyone focuses so much on everything that everyone disagrees with. If you sat someone who's generally left of center and right of center, you know, they'll go, oh, we disagree on abortion or LGBTQ rights or all that kind of stuff. But you go, actually, if you think about the majority of the things you agree with, you actually agree with a lot more than you think. But everyone, you just, you end up fighting about the things that you yeah, disagree with. Yeah. I was going to ask you actually, um, where do you stand on the debate with uh, lawyers defending people that are clearly... Um, yeah, that was kind of the point I was alluding to. Yeah, make, so make, if, if your client comes to you and says, I've murdered you know I mean? someone, yeah. I need you to get me off. I, I think the way that lawyers tend to justify it and what we were taught at least in our qualifying exams was the idea that in a fair society, everyone has the right to a fair trial. And so it, it's not your job. I mean, as a lawyer, you just go, I'm not going to lie to the courts and say, oh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't speeding. But I'm going to say, okay, if you think my client was speeding, show me the proof. And if you can't prove it, if you're going, oh, we've got a speed gun, but it's out of date, it's the, pr it's the prosecution's fault for not having a strong enough case to convict. And you just go, it's my job as a lawyer to give my client the best defense possible to go like it, it's on the state. I, I do understand. But the even question. if you know a hundred percent, yeah, like you have the, I assume it's CCTV, right? Yeah, the, the guy speeding, yeah, or whoever speeding, and you know one hundred percent they're speeding. So morally, mm. you're having that debate with yourself. Yeah. Yes, obviously you're doing your job, and I think that's what most lawyers, defense lawyers, yeah. will say is like, I, I just do, I'm here to do my job. Yeah. All but, I'm doing is giving him the best yeah, defense exactly, available, which to is him. which is what he deserves. Yeah. Hundred percent. But then you yourself know. Yeah. 100%. I, I, I could never become a criminal well, lawyer because I couldn't sit there with someone that goes like you know, oh, I've, I've, you know, I've, I, I've got a murderous spree and I've murdered a bunch of people. They just haven't got enough evidence. I couldn't get them off and just sleep at night because I wouldn't be able to sleep at night exactly. thinking they could be out murdering people. But, you know, there's a hell of a lot of money in there for the top well, lawyers that thing. can get people off. That's the thing. So money so corrupts that... people. Mm. And is that immoral? Because it, everyone is, everyone is, you know, has a right to a lawyer, fair trial. Yeah, exactly. It's part of the system. Like yeah. how immoral really is yeah. that, you know? Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe it's the don't hate the player, hate the game. Because also kind of if like, you don't do it, someone else would do it. Yeah. But also maybe it's I, like I, a I change, that makes it change right, the system. Don't yeah. have a go at that lawyer for being immoral necessarily. Yes, exactly. Although yeah. you might be justified. Go like, why have we set up a system in which... He can get away with it. He can get away with it. Yeah. But I mean, what else are you supposed to do? I mean, you need client lawyer privilege where you go, you should be able to tell your lawyer everything. Like the system is well thought out you know with three guys sat here on a podcast but the law especially in england yeah. england and wales has been evolving for centuries and m many men much smarter than us have gone through the evolution of it and it's obviously going to evolve but we're at a place where like everything is a very difficult question there's no there might be one or two situations where you go like this is ridiculous and need changing but a lot of it they're very difficult, complex questions, but very interesting to talk and about. And also, some, it's impossible to ever have a solution that fits, you know, 100%. Yeah. Um, that's going to work for every single case ever. So exactly, you've got to get as close as you can to everyone being happy with it, I think. And, then and that, that's the good thing, you know, we've had the, it's illegal to murder. And every single time there's a case, you get closer and closer yeah. and closer yeah. to the right answer for society where you go, well, we don't really need to argue about this because we've already agreed that if someone punches someone in the face really hard, they could reasonably foresee that, the person would die and so it is murder so you don't have a court case on every single one because you go we've got precedent that goes it's close enough so um there was some there was some there was some really interesting stuff here so i mean we've got the last couple of minutes i think it might be 
I, I think on, on reincarnation, there was a really interesting story I just wanted to bring up. There were quite a few, but I think I'll just go through one. So this is, this is almost goes, I, I wonder if you'll be convinced by this at all. So reincarnation, you can't prove, but you get a lot of examples of people who go, I've lived a past life. I remember my name. And actually, if you go to this place, hun like hundred miles away, open their closet, you'll find a green gem at the bottom of the suitcase and I'm a five-year-old kid and I've never been there but and you know they go and find it and so there was a famous case of a guy called James Leininger or Leininger um, he was a four-year-old boy from Louisiana who believed he was once a World War II pilot who had been shot down in the Battle of Iwo Jima between the US and Japan have you heard this yeah I have heard this and so his parents first realized that he had these memories when he was two and woke up he had a nightmare yelling airplane crash plane on fire little man can't get out he talked incessantly about his plane crashing and he was disturbed by nightmares several times a week. He also knew details about World War II aircraft that would seem impossible for a toddler to know. For instance, when Andrea, which I think is his mother, referred to an object on the bottom of a toy plane as a bomb, James corrected her saying it's a drop tank. Another time he and his parents were watching a History Channel documentary, the narrator called a Japanese plane a zero and James insisted that it was a Tony and James was right on both fronts. He also said that he had been named James in his previous life and that he had flown off a ship named the Natoma. Looking into it, his parents discovered that there was a World War II aircraft carrier called the USS Natona Bay and its squadron in its squadron was a pilot named James Houston who had been killed in action over the Pacific. So he knew a lot of details. That's that. pretty obvious, that one, I think. Do you think well, his parents, just, were, nah, just just think his parents were feeding him? No, nah, it's just a little history neek. He can read at a young age, just loves it. You to know. be fair, he's watching the History Channel. He's, he's watching the History he's Channel. Probably, he's the probably thing is, with those sort of, like, yeah, I do know that case. And it, <laughs> there's a limit to it. Because me, myself, I can never know exactly what's going on in those things. And obviously, when you say these things, mm. it's, it's unbelievable. But you also can't argue against it because what he's saying is true. But... What we yeah, have at the how moment, I even know he said it, but, but uh, yeah, there's that as right. well. But at the moment as well, we do have unlimited access to resources online, and like you don't just learn from your parents anymore at a young age, and so he could have seen it on yeah. I mean, you get you do get kids that are, that are that are like have yeah. are just not even yeah, genius, just str less yeah. But then different. there's, there's also an argument where like you know you were saying about history neeks like maybe yourself, <laughs> I don't know, but, um, <laughs> where they know they know a lot and they're naturally gifted in that subject. Is that yeah. because in their previous life, you know, they had exposure to? Oh, maybe. Yeah. So so they're naturally going to tend towards. Well, in the way do you get some people that, that are just though. way they just get it? Yeah, they just get it. Savants, yeah, exactly. All right, or, so. I, I, th I think to rattle through the last few topics because we're we're coming right to the end of our um time here. There, there was just one other type of deja vu, which is called jamais vu. Have you heard of this? No, I've not heard of that. So deja vu is French for already seen, whereas jamais vu is never seen. And it's a much scarier one of being in a familiar situation, but not recognizing it and having a real feeling of uh, unsettled. I think that's more common. So for example, that's can you imagine going home and seeing your mum? And just being like, I know that's you because it looks like you, but I really don't feel like it's you. Oh, I see. And oh. like, I'm at home and I know I'm home, oh, but so I really opposite. don't feel, it feels very unfamiliar. Oh, wow. So it's something that oh, should be familiar, see, see. Okay, yeah, but yeah. it's actually unfamiliar. That's horrific. And so yeah. people- And you know it's familiar, like it's your, you, it's yeah, your home. I mean, well, you no, know, you get in the car, you drive home, you know you're pulling into your house, you walk in and you go, this isn't my house. And you see oh, a woman really cooking at the table and she goes, hi, like, honey, how are you? How's your day in school? And yeah, you're there like, Nah. you're not my mum and apparently it's terrifying and obviously it's common in psych a lot of psychological disorders 
Um, but but funny enough, this is one that can be evoked in a laboratory, and really? you might have experienced yourselves in a in a minor way. Um, it's called semantic satiation. So if you write the same word down a hundred times in a minute, or say the same word over and over again, what is yes, a familiar word I feels see. very unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah. So if you oh, write yeah. the word door sixty times over, by the end of it, you just start going, "Gosh, is that even a real word?" And you know it is, but it feels so foreign and unusual that you almost get um, desensitized. Yeah, to yeah, the reality. yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, that that seems very like I can understand why that might happen, but then yeah. linking that to like going into your own home, I can't, I can't see how that could ever happen. But the fact is that those two are very similar things. Like you would do something mm. lots of times yeah. and it, for this, for it, for door, I can understand how, yeah, it look, doesn't like a word. So yeah, yeah. I've, ne I've never had it before. Have you ever had, yeah, never no, had it? No, I've never had it. Honestly, when you hear people's stories about it, it's horrifying. Like I mean, that is Coming terrifying. home to your wife and being like, I don't recognize you. And does it last for, does it, like how do you it tends to be like deja vu like oh, the so feeling it's, it's, of it unless it's a psychological disorder but i mean obviously if you're um paranoid schizophrenic you know or i mean i'm not educated to speak on this sub yeah. topic in in any depth um but you know you have mental disorders where you know people can look at someone they know and just be like there's actually a but if, if you have a deja vu episode you think about it for a period of time afterwards like maybe mm. even a, maybe even a week if it's like yeah, quite a true. serious one where you're like whoa what happened there? Yeah. So if you don't recognize your wife, are you not thinking oh, for that like a week thinking, after? Yeah, you're like, you'd be weird. I don't know. There, there actually is one that I've written down called Capgrass syndrome. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's where a person is convinced that those that they're familiar with, they've all been replaced by imposters. So if you've got this syndrome, you just start believing that everyone you know, it's not them, it's imposters. And that would be utterly terrifying. That's one of the worst things i can even like yeah, disorders that i can even think of i never even but the thing is oh. with that that deja vu and jamais vu, vu in my eyes or from my own understanding from what you've said it, it doesn't last very long so where if, if it does elongate throughout like a period of time then that is a mental disorder yeah, right? like yeah. The syndrome. whereas a deja vu when that happens and jamais the, vu it's, it's like, the sensation in the it's moment a sensation yeah. and then you're like oh you, literally a second after you're like that was but strange. it still be it would still would be weird you would think about it for a while just being like why did it, i no? feel like i couldn't recognize exactly. you that would be scary and if i didn't know that existed i would i'd be like well, okay really what is going on here and there's there's one more kind of similar one called the frigoli delusion which is a rare disorder in which the person is convinced that many or all the people they meet are really one person in many disguises so if you go see your mom your dad your sister and then a friend you kind of go i don't recognize you i think you're this one person in many disguises. And so the final interesting thing I wanted to talk about is the Man Mandela effect. So this basically refers to a situation where a number, a large number of people believe that something existed when it didn't. So then it, it was first coined by um, a woman called Fiona Broom when she created a website to detail her observance of the phenomenon. She basically was convinced that Nelson Mandela died in a South African prison in the 80s, whereas actually he ended up dying in 2013. And so there's, there's a bunch of... Uh, things where people are convinced that something is true and it turns out it's not so for example um i'll, I'll give you an, an example so finish the lyrics in oh, snow no. in snow white do you know this one no no but i know i'm gonna get it wrong that's the point of it isn't so it? finish the lyrics in snow white the seven dwell the seven dwarves sing hi ho hi ho off the snow we go off, off to the, work we go work but it's not that is it? it yeah it's actually it's home from work we go oh, and it? so that's one where people go um wait so they're not even oh, so they're, they're coming home. home they're coming home they're going hi-ho hi-ho i thought they're going, go, hi -ho, hi -ho. I thought they're going from off to work, work. no they're going the five yeah they, no they, they've come home 
Um, it made sense because why would they? Why would they be singing so happily about going to work? I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I think probably. I don't know. Yeah. Unless they love their job. Undertones of them trying to get kids convinced they'll love work. Well, one day. maybe that's it. Um, Febreze. How would you spell Febreze? No way. F e b r e z e. I'd do. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, F r. I think F r b r e e e. <laughs> so that is I, in the, the spray. Yeah, I always thought it was E E Z E, like Febreze E E Z E, but it's actually only one oh, E, really? oh, which really? was um, Looney Tunes. How do you spell Looney Tunes? Oh, I think I've seen this one. Oh, is it with O's? So a lot of people, including me, were convinced that it was Looney Tunes T O O N S, yeah. but it's actually U N E S. Yeah, yeah. I've seen oh, that. That's no, I've known that. Uh, the Monopoly um, yeah. man Monoc- with his monocle. monocle. You know, can you picture the Monopoly man? Yeah. And his little monocle. He's got a little tash, isn't he? And a, and a moustache. Yeah. But can you picture his little, do you know what I mean by monocle? Uh, just say no, just say see, no. See, these aren't working on any of you because <laughs> no, you know them. I, well, I mean, that one has got me multiple times before. Yeah, and I, I always know, thought yeah. the Monopoly man with his little top hat had a yeah. monocle. Definitely, definitely. But he, di- he didn't. That's crazy. Um, have you ever watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarves with the line, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Yeah. Well, it's not that though, is it? It's not. It's magic mirror <laughs> magic on the wall. Mirror, oh. So she doesn't ever say mirror, mirror on the wall. That's a see. That's one of them where I'm like, I have to go back and watch, yeah, or you know, read, because that is just that is nuts. Are you Star Wars nerds? No, no. Um, okay, Star Wars. Obviously, uh, Darth Vader's most iconic line. What does he say? I'll be oh, back. I am your father. What does he oh, call oh, that? Oh, uh, Luke. <laughs> Luke. Yeah, I am your father. Luke, I am your father. That's yeah. the common yeah, Mandela yeah, effect. Yeah. He never says, Luke, I am your father. He says, no, I am your father. Oh, right. Which a lot of people get wrong, but if you haven't watched Star Wars, yeah. I mean... I think I just said, I'll be back for... <laughs> yeah, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be back, Luke Skywalker. No, he says that. I'm pretty sure I've seen all the Star but Wars. It's when yeah. people, but it's when it, it stems from people also repeating it wrong as well, because a lot of people learn from, like, say, for instance, I haven't really watched Star Wars, but I know that line yes, from exactly. yeah. people, so... I can't, I can't really picture that scene to be fair because yeah. I, oh, okay. I haven't watched the, the films have, have you seen Breaking Bad this is my last yeah, one if, yeah. so you know you know um, Jesse when he goes science bitch and like yeah. it's a meme I made of it he never says that really? yeah so there's a bit where Jesse Pinkman in, in the show goes uh, he says yeah Mr. White yeah science and someone just made a meme of him going like that and put science bitch and it's become a really popular meme. Oh. And it makes loads of people think that he said it, but he never actually said it in the show. Um, but to what extent is it like yeah, you're saying? That's literally just- Because if you haven't- That's st- false, ama- false information spread yeah, so, yeah. through meme culture. Yeah. So so that, that one makes sense in that sense. But a lot of people think that a lot of the explanations for deja vu come back to the reasons we experienced Mandela effect where there is a parallel universe in which it's, Looney Tunes with double O rather than tunes. And there's a parallel universe wow. in which C3PO is entirely gold and doesn't have a silver leg, but he has a silver leg in R1 or where Darth Vader he's says- got, He's got a silver leg, does he? Yeah, he does. One of his, one of his legs is silver, wow. but a lot of people think he's just an entirely gold thing. So yeah, it all comes back to kind of the general topic of just like, you know, what what is reality? Yeah. Um, but so why, why, would, why would Looney Tunes with two O's, why would that be more in our mind than the U? Like well, why would one, so, so people think that at one point when it's split realities, yeah. it's the same kind of slightly less scientific possibility of there being cognition between your brain and the universe where it exists with oh, OO oh. and the universe where it exists with the U. And it's kind of wow. you tapping into your memory on a separate plane. 
and that's just one example of many and that's things. Just one that example of many things that's, that that's are different in parallel universes okay. where there are almost parallel where it's slight changes yeah and you're just accessing knowledge from those or perhaps it's part of a simulation you know where it hasn't rendered properly you know there was never a decided it was o or it was you or o or you there was a there was a there was a meeting and they couldn't decide it was a sort of it wasn't rendered a different code yeah who knows yeah, i was gonna say is it kind of similar to the you know those kind of brain teasers where they mess with your mind a little bit kind of like the the um what was it the um blue and black dress versus the golden white yeah. one yeah. where it could just be a split of that like parallel universe yeah. it, like rapidly going in between where like Maybe. Bro- you know what I mean where it's people that see comes differently back, sorry, or yeah. is it just an illusion That's what but I mean. that one comes back to like your perception of reality and it's things yeah. that, like mm. that which make me think okay so we clearly don't all see things the same that's yeah. a fact yeah. Yanni and Laurel yeah, as well Yanni and Laurel exactly which is, which is scary yeah and so that's like a clear example of we don't want to see things the same. So to what extent do we not see, like how different do we see things? You yeah. Know? Yeah. That is ultimately the question of today's podcast. You know, <laughs> what is reality? Can we trust anything we experience or sense? You know, is it all, is there a simple scientific explanation? Cause it's all going on in our brain or are we in a simulation? Are there parallel universes? Who knows, but it's been a really enjoyable discussion. Guys, you should definitely get involved in the comments and the DMs. Let us know what you think about a lot of these takes. Perhaps you can definitely educate us on a lot educate of the topics me, that we've spoken about in 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 greater depth. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today on the Mate, podcast. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hope really you enjoyed it. it. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you guys for watching at Fred Arthur Pod on all socials. FredArthurPod.com for links to everything. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one.